0: Are you ready to go? The cure. Hello everyone and welcome to Okashina Podcast Anime with Friends. I am Sabrina Ray, and with me, as always, my best childhood bum.
1: Wow. (laughs) 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 There's a Freudian slip (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know my
0: my nieces for a long time They used to call me Uncle Bummy Which obviously doesn't work anymore But uh, (laughs) I never much liked it Could you be Auntie Bummy then I guess I guess I could be Auntie Bummy Uh, I never really understood it But you know It just felt good to be needed (laughs) Anyway, welcome everyone to the show. I'm glad I was your best
1: childhood something, I guess is what I can come up with there.
0: Don, we record two of these a night, so it's really hard to say, like, what are you up to lately when you just told me last last episode what you were doing this week, but anything you're watching now that's sort of exciting or surprising or I went to season
1: two of Broadchurch, which we talked about. Um, I did watch...
0: <laughs> I do not want to talk about season two of Broadchurch again you, after no, already I'm, discussing it. I'm certain it.
1: you don't. I did watch uh, Wonder Woman 84. Oh, um, uh, what did you think? And uh, it is terrible. Um, not interesting. Not because of the production values. The production values are high quality. Um, it is literally because the plot does not make sense. And interesting. It, I watch it. So the way that was set up is that I got together with some friends of mine and we mm-hmm. had a remote viewing party. So we each watched the movie in sync. Um, but at different locations. And then we snark text at each other throughout the entire movie, which you don't want to do with a good movie because you really just want to pay attention to the movie. But here there was no reason not to do this because we all knew that it was likely to be bad. And uh, what I, was interesting. I just want to
0: interrupt you for one quick second and say that like, I, I don't think it's terrible. I think that it's, there's several missed opportunities in it. And it definitely needed an editor to cut out about 30 minutes and sort of tighten it up so that we're not away from Wonder Woman for so long. But I think you could apply a lot of those criticisms to that third Batman movie, which I also liked, but which is also very disliked by a lot of people. So, um... Uh,
1: interesting. So, I uh, let me... Two two anecdotes. Uh, the first being, uh, unbeknownst to myself, I had entered the wrong movie... And I was watching Wonder Woman when my compatriots were watching Wonder Woman 84. And uh, we did not realize we were watching a different movie until about 10 minutes in. They both start in very, very similar manners. It is kind of weird. Um, They're both like shots back to when Wonder Woman is a child on whatever land she spawned from. The Muscaria or something like that, right? So it was... That was kind of sort of funny to me that we couldn't even tell. And my friend sent me a screenshot and it looked like exactly what we were looking at at the same time. So I was like, well, it's got to be the same movie. And then eventually I was like, oh, wait, I definitely messed this up. Um, The other point that I wanted to raise is um, I don't think that editing would have solved uh, a majority of the problems of this movie. And I actually don't think that the actors did a bad job. I was just... There were some fundamental problems with the, the particular villain and the, the villain point. I'm going to, for those of you who care about this movie and wish to see it and have not yet seen it, I think aware. everyone
0: who wants to see it has probably seen it at this point. If you I, were not, like, die hard and ride, ride or die for Wonder Woman, you probably saw it and were disappointed. So
1: my, my concern here was with this sort of monkey's paw device. Um, mm. what were the rules about how that's it's interesting?
0: To but I'm going to explain what I think the rules are. Okay, and I think that a lot of people might have missed this. Okay, is is that um, the wishes chain off of each other, so when one person wishes something, it takes away someone else's something, or it diminishes the the fact that they're choosing an easy path to. What they want instead of taking a harder path towards what they want the fact that they're going for the the quick fixes as as we used to say um means that they don't have the experience that would make them appreciate and or understand and or be able to process suddenly having what they wanted all right can i focus on um, that um go ahead but i'm trying to say that like wonder woman herself wishes for her former lover steve because she's watched a lot of people in her life die um people that she invested herself in um and she's sort of been left alone by that because it's, no one else is growing great example immortal with great her example. in the so mortal realm
1: the 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 um parallel drawn and i think they, they mentioned in the movie is the the monkey's paw which would grant wishes but the the consequence of the wish. No one being actually granted. mentions
0: the Monkey's Paw in the film. do oh, they? I think
1: they do. Yes. Um, no way. I believe that they do. Uh, the, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but the the implication is that when a wish is granted, the conditions upon which the wish will be fulfilled may involve a cost. That's fine with me. Except, but what is the cost? The, right, cost? the cost is
0: not a mystical so, is not a mystical thing that happens. The cost to Wonder Woman for getting Steve in someone else's body is that she's doing an unethical thing, that she's stepping away from her divinity and therefore her powers
1: are diminished. Certainly an an interesting uh interpretation, but she makes the wish without knowing that she's wishing on something that is going to grant it and therefore has no concept of what she might be giving up. She is also not given the the knowledge or choice that she'll be giving up something in furtherance of this wish, right? That she, is true. That there's is true. no implication of that. Nor is it clear what the cost will be. And in fact, when the villain, whose name escapes me now, decides to become the stone, uh, he Max then somehow, Lord? yeah, he gets to choose what the cost will be for the for the wish grantee um for example when he goes to the oil baron he says uh i'll grant your wish but i will take all your oil and the guy laughs and says well i don't have any oil jokes on you says well fine then i'll take your security detail he switches the cost He, he
0: absolutely chooses whatever he wants because maxwell can't choose what the cost is for him
1: right he can't choose for himself but he chooses for everybody else from that point forward which is a little weird you know return all the situations to normal so i don't really understand how that happened it's also unclear to me that Kristen Wig ever renounced her wishes and she also got two wishes which doesn't seem to make a lot of sense she,
0: she obviously when she when she got her wish she got the instant gratification of being hot and desirable and powerful and, and with no cost no she put no cost she put none of her own effort into to creating that persona and had that no cost associated to with It was given to her. There was it no was cost. It was foist upon her with nothing. And the cost to her was her humanity. Oh, okay. fine. She didn't know but how then, to process it. So
1: how does she double down and get the second wish? And what is the cost for the second wish?
0: The cost was just being a bitch and getting slapped.
1: <laughs> nope. I
0: No, she actually loses her entire humanity when she becomes a an But animal. she
1: that's the that's what she wanted. She said she wants to become an apex predator
0: no she didn't want to be an animal she didn't want to be divorced entirely how do you of know humanity. she
1: didn't she didn't express any remorse or sadness that this is the situation she's that's said. because
0: she's falling she's falling further and further you're, down you're, spiral. D- you're
1: defending the movie because you realize it's indefensible it can't stand on its it own it's not
0: indefensible and it can stand on its
1: own merits. <laughs> i absolutely disagree with you here
0: how are you so obtuse to what they were trying to
1: say I, the problem is... Why
0: the- did the movie start with Diana getting scolded for taking a shortcut, which was so dumb? <laughs> it took 14 minutes like, for her to go through this like American Ninja Warrior bullshit. But why did the movie start that way?
1: I understand that the point is you can't get anything without earning it. And the riches that you gain from... Um, from wish fulfillment come at a cost that was explained on multiple different avenues but you know the cost to someone else as well though well but the costs are unevenly applied like when when at the end of the movie when maxwell lord is somehow in in contact with every person on the planet and i don't understand how that would work either but okay let's skip over that very weird situation where broadcasting to every device somehow also means you're broadcasting to every human um and they all apparently understand english which again we'll pass over that for the moment um then like this woman's like oh i, I wish you and your friends would all go back to ireland or you know and then the cops show up and that guy said i wish you were dead or something and then she dies of a heart attack what are the costs to these people His soul well, but that's so generic as a response how is that generic <laughs> well because like what's his like he he wishes someone dead they die so that costs him his soul not literally like his soul doesn't escape his body maybe in the future he'll when he dies he'll go to hell because literally that.
0: he's literally
1: stained forever uh, yeah but that is a very amorphous cost compared it. to uh, everybody else whose because costs he didn't are much want her needy. to
0: die He didn't actually want her to die. He said, I hope he... he I don't remember the
1: exact language. Now that he's seen it... Oh, I'm sorry. stained with it. Do you think the president now regrets the fact that he wanted, like, millions more nukes? I mean, that's what he wished for, literally.
0: You'll have to see when he uses them, or doesn't use them, or causes an apocalypse because of his wish.
1: You're... You're... Throwing and, and go a back, lot to, of Ma- heavy go back nuance. to Max's son. You're throwing go back a lot of heavy nuance son. on a show that... Max's
0: son wouldn't be in the situation he is if Maxwell hadn't started this whole chain reaction. Absolutely. Because everyone's what wish compounds everyone else's What is the cost of, Max- else's of Maxwell's wish. son's
1: wish? What is the cost of this...
0: If everyone had stopped at some point and said, let's work together to build a better future... Nobody would have affected anybody else in the negative.
1: Hands across America. Yes, let's all drink a Coke. I'm sorry. I am. (laughs) I don't think our our listeners. It's just revealing a lot
0: of people as being very pessimistic. I about how to save the environment, even. I
1: I don't I don't disagree that the solutions are not what are proposed here, but I would point out that the I'm trying to the the plot hole is how does this damn stone work. Because the costs are real. Like, the minute that Maxwell became the stone and started granting other people wishes, his soul was lost. But I guess that's a cost that he was going to bear in addition to the fact that he was going to lose his health. I don't understand why there are multiple costs for him.
0: Well, I have no idea why he loses his health, whether it is actually wish-related or whether it is just the fact that he is the stone, and therefore the stone is not supposed to be in a human host. The stone is too powerful to be in a human host, and therefore it is feeding off of him in order to create its energy you know if i don't know if you wanted it to like explain have explain it have a right it doesn't explain that if there's a monkey's explanation
1: then literally he should have calcified the second he made the wish and then he could have just been you know a statue that people come up and touch that would have made more sense frankly
0: oh i mean that'd be a very
1: short <laughs> i'm just pointing out the whole thing <laughs> that'd be, is so a very short crazy. performance <laughs> All of them at once, they're, like, leeching away as opposed to, you know, going all in one fell swoop. And then, like, what about the poor dunce who gets possessed by her her ex-lover? Oh, like everybody brings this up.
0: It, 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 he is a poor dunce. He is, and he's also a cost. Her selfishness causes this person to become displaced. I guess... Like, but that like that would be like too costs someone compared That's two it to costs, like, not one get out someone compared it to get out where he's just in the like phantom zone or whatever that thing was called yeah he only gets to like watch the, remotely. The sunken the sunken world right like that is terrifying I get it but um she is being completely selfish in that act and just having this like cute dalliance with her former lover who I mean he was not her lover that long in the original movie. And it's been years since. So really, he's just representative. He's just representative of something that she knows is easy, and she understands. Go out and, out she and knows get who laid. She is. We're crying
1: out loud, like, you know, you don't need to, to do what you're doing. He wasn't even that cool. Like, you I know, you're right.
0: I mean, you're totally right, and I get it. I totally get it. In fact, the guy who plays the guy that gets displaced, he's a hunk. He was in a show called um, Life Unexpected, (laughs) and he played the bar owner, and he was so hunky in that role. Like, his name was Bass.
1: (laughs) All right. I'm going to cut us off here because we have gone on too long about this particular movie. This is not what people signed on to hear. Nevertheless, I, I feel very strongly about it. Um
0: I'm glad that we are both talking about it because now I can just move on to the actual show. And this episode actually has a lot more to say than the previous one. Uh it's called Fear of a Direct Hit. And woo! The plot thickens.
1: Yeah, this is when things start getting real wacky to me.
0: They get wacky in the fact in the sense that there's almost three different layers of overlapping story going on. Like you've got the homeless lady that they finally catch up with who is recounting a story of how her granddaughter, uh, she hasn't seen her and she wants to see her presumably before she dies, feeling pangs of nostalgia for a past in which she had a home, but she's become displaced and she's she's nowhere. Um, and then you've also got Taiko, who is the daughter of the police officer who captured and subdued little slugger in the one of the previous episodes the very corrupt police officer and she is now a runaway and there's almost parallels between her and the homeless woman's story in fact sometimes i thought that we were seeing like the future in the past me too sort of like and it, it they were blurring those lines in interesting ways but it, it was a little bit confusing so tell me a little bit about that like um you, you just said me too, so let me assume that you also felt that. Um, how did you see sort of the, the storytelling in this one?
1: You were meant to believe when the old woman is talking about her daughter that she's actually um, referring uh, to the girl we see running around who is um, Taiko. And so, I, I mean, that's who I thought we were talking about, and Taeko is this beautiful little kid while that's an entirely different plot line and remember how i made a reference in the prior episode to um uh ikawa shaking somebody ikari sorry ikari shaking someone he literally shakes the old woman in this particular uh it's it's like he's his patience is totally gone which i believe is something that you are absolutely not supposed to do Um, it
0: felt it felt very much like he crossed a line there and yet he got results (laughs) He did. That is the only time that she, once he like double shakes her, gives her the whole double shake, (laughs) patented Ikari, chief Ikari move. Once he does that, she actually starts talking about the night of the incident. And she reveals the third layer of this, which is that um, Tsukiko was was completely alone and not assaulted by little slugger or Makoto, as we saw him.
1: So, the problem is how, like if, (laughs) once, if you are the police officers and you have someone in hand that actually has the golden skates, has the bat, fits the physical description of other people who, you know, she described him, that is, um, Tsukiko described him, as he appears and other people have described him, he all, always looks the same. It seems very weird and difficult to me that you would go back and start questioning whether Tsukiko is telling the truth. Um, because the, her description of the assailant, now that an assailant has been found, you know, it's, it's... How would she have made that up in advance of him actually executing the first assault? Right? If I were the... Um, if I were a detective, I would find it very challenging to say, gosh, everybody else is telling the truth, but Tsukiko is lying, and she did this to herself, even though she later, dis- in after that first assault, described a party that subsequently went around assaulting people.
0: Right. So they think it's a copycat, apparently, right? That's how they kind of came up with their... They kind of said, so Tsukiko didn't do it, and our first impression of this case was the correct one but then they're like but that means that we have a copycat going around who heard the story of the in the description of the assailant and then decided to use that as an as an excuse i guess that's not really coming to an head in this episode but uh presumably uses this Idea as an excuse to enact their own agenda, whatever that is. Um, and I, I, think we'll get more about that as we finish out Makoto's story in the subsequent episodes. But for what we have, um, I, I think it's fair to say that um, that putting that image into the public consciousness, it, it gave people a place to sort of, like, channel their emotions into, um, channel their feelings of hopelessness into a solution, uh, an assailant who comes and gets them away from these either stressful or uh, impossible situations that they found themselves in. Um, And they must have put that together from listening to this woman's initial, initial description of the events. Would that be wrong? No,
1: I, I, I think that's right. I just this episode started off a little slow, and we had these stories developing, and I, I didn't know quite where it was going to take them, But the twists at the end were—they're kind oh, of it's devastating. Do we want to jump into those now?
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, I know that Hirakawa is a scumbag, and I know going into this that he was. Making a dream house. He was using the money to buy a dream house for his family because, on some level, he's just playing the family man. But when the episode starts, we're dealing with Taiko, and she looks like she's ready for a picnic date, even though it's the middle of what looks like a hurricane of some kind
1: typhoon. It's a typhoon.
0: Or a typhoon, right? She looks like she's going on a picnic, though, and she's clearly running away from something. And we don't find out until the end of the episode what that is. But as the episode goes, we're getting good memories of her being sort of a daddy's girl.
1: Oh, yeah, she Um, absolutely loves him. And he seems he seems really devoted to her, too.
0: Yeah, she fawns over him, says she wants to marry him when she grows up, when she's a little girl and she's an elementary school kid. And when she's in middle school, you know, she's she's doing something special for him Um She goes to her computer and sets up this whole birthday thing, and it's so cute. And you just know the 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 shoe is going to drop because that's what anime leads you to believe at this point. And it drops in such a terrible way. And I was watching this, and my daughter was there in the room with me, and she perked up when she saw the girl on the camera going through these pictures in which she's undressing. And you start to have the dawning realization that the that Hirokawa has been watching his own daughter undress. Well, I don't think you realize back.
1: that it's Hirokawa at that point. Uh, oh, I
0: knew it was Hirokawa. That's his computer. That's, that she has, she was putting his, um, his, his like home screen or whatever you want to call it, his, his wallpaper as a custom wallpaper that she oh, had. Oh, I knew that disc. that
1: was her father's, well, sorry. It was the, I thought it was oh, the family's yeah. computer, but isn't that her bedroom? She's in her bedroom.
0: Oh, maybe she is in her bedroom. I don't remember. She
1: is in her bedroom because I remember thinking like, huh, it's weird that these pictures are on that computer because why would you have them on the computer in your daughter's bedroom when you're spying on your daughter, especially when it's a hardwired system. Her mother alluded
0: to some kind of like study room um, separate from her bedroom, so maybe Um, it's just a computer room. Like when I grew up, you know I had a computer room. That's where you hit me in the head with an eight ball.
1: Uh, I don't remember doing that. Although, if we're gonna get back into, um, it was a
0: magic eight ball.
1: Childhood assaults. I do remember you hitting me in the eye with a wiffle ball bat.
0: We've actually discussed this on the podcast previously. I know. I'm
1: going to keep bringing it up because it hurt a lot. Um,
0: Oh, getting hit with an eight ball hurt a lot more than that.
1: I I, we could (laughs) if we could always recreate the events, but in reverse and see who's happier. Um, The yes, we did. In fact, we both had computer rooms because computers at that point were giant behemoths and you would never you would never dream of moving them from room to room. like they, they were giant fixtures, they were pieces of furniture you wouldn't move them around.
0: Yeah, mine was across the hall from my room, which was convenient because I could sneak over there and get on after my parents were in bed uh, if I was quiet enough. <laughs> so it's possible that I, I don't know for certain what the the makeup of her room versus this other room or whether it was her room. But that doesn't matter. It's clearly her. She's clearly undressing. And she's clearly in a bedroom. And, uh, and it's on the computer. And those files were um, were in the garbage. They were. She, they have, somebody had dragged the them to
1: the garbage but had failed to put them all the way in. That's yeah, what it looked so like.
0: So basically, the, the roost is up. And that made me start thinking about previous episodes where he insisted on being called What? Daddy. Ew. Gross. <laughs> totally gross. I can't believe my daughter saw that. I had to like shield her eyes. Um and it was more the implication and the conversation that stems from that that I did not want to have. Yeah, but... it was
1: it was it was incredibly gross. It's the ultimate violation. She was clearly old enough to understand that it was a horrible violation, and she's carried with it for her carried it with her for like, I feel like she's older than than that flashback scene. She's not just wandering around. Like, she's... Uh, did you feel differently? She was... She, she, we were told that she's in
0: high school now. Um, in a previous...
1: So, how? where has she been living? Do we have any idea?
0: No, uh, but... I think this is a fairly recent... Thing that happened because when we watched the episode with a man's path his home wasn't finished yet it's finished now and they've been living in it for at least a little while
1: yeah and so she at the so interesting so at the end she curses him and says you know i i forget exactly what she says but she wants it all to go away or she wants to destroy it all and that is in fact what happens like, yeah. the house sinks, Go- because of the typhoon, sinks into the mud or is, you know, slides down the hill or something.
0: When she wishes her personality wiped, her brain wiped, so that she can't have, like, he ruined all these beautiful memories she had. know, um, does
1: she like- wish for this? I mean, I can see why she would want it. She
0: definitely wished for something. She said, I believe I wrote it down. She said, uh, I want to forget. I want to be emptied. So I want to be emptied of all of this. Something hits her. I don't know what. Um, there's this weird moment, though, where she actually looks over the edge like she's going to jump. And her way of destroying her father's happiness might be to take her body, uh, to take herself out of out of his life and uh, kill herself. But instead of jumping, when she looks down, she sees herself hanging from, like, a, like a, a jutting branch or something by her clothes. And at first she sees herself, but then she sort of, like, shakes off the image and it turns out to be the old lady. Creating that other parallel that we were sort of alluding to earlier, where they might be characters in a, uh, that are either similar or the same in some way... Um, but she decides not to jump after that moment. And instead, she feels helpless and hopeless. And she reaches out to whatever and says, I want to be wiped out. And then we get, we get her getting knocked unconscious by something. And we get Tsukiko getting knocked unconscious by something. But Tsukiko is in the presence of the two officers being interrogated for her, for her self attack for faking the attack and she passes out so it's interesting that we're seeing the same moment happen between Tsukiko and Taiko, where Taiko is presumably attacked by a physical force and Tsukiko is presumably attacked by something psychological or metaphysical I don't know but what how did you see all that like playing out at the end there
1: so this is the this this really piqued my interest and I also interested me that um that when they were talking and she's being interrogated right before she passes out she says I wasn't alone Maromi was there right did, did, she did say that right did you get that I I think so I don't remember I thought that was a really that well, was a clearly weird thing to say. Um, yeah. Well,
0: Maniwa looks at Moromi after that with like kind of a suspicious eye. So,
1: so I'm trying to remember. May- is it? It's, maybe it happens at the same that. time. She gets knocked out the same time that something hits um, uh, Taiko. Those are juxtaposed. And so there's something going on because you know they're they're accusing her of, you know, having done herself and done something to herself, and then she jerks as if she's been hit, and it seems as if she's psychically linked to Taiko.
0: Right. That's how I would phrase it, too. Psychically linked.
1: But how is very unclear.
0: Yeah, I thought so, too. Um, I liked... I liked the... I want to talk about the part where he's interrogating the old woman in there in her in her tent the chief and maniwa are interrogating the old woman and when he pulls out the cigarette she has this like immediate like it's, it's reaction. yeah she
1: doesn't have control over herself really
0: yeah and she had been telling this kind of sad story about how she just wants to see her granddaughter and her grandson and that uh the that her that her son and daughter-in-law lost their, like her son lost their job and then they lost their house and she has nowhere left to go. And she's just been sort of this wandering person at that point. Um, And then she sees the cigarette and like old habits, right? Old habits are hard to break and she just, she needs it. I thought that was really interesting the way that whole scene played out. Wow. Do you have any other thoughts on this particular episode?
1: No, but I feel like we're getting much closer to seeing the link, and now, now I'm excited because the uh, the uh, the reveal is very interesting. I do I do wonder about the whole um, the tension between the like the the chief. I worry about the chief a little bit. I don't think he's well. <laughs>
0: Yeah, right? <laughs> He's clearly getting overstressed about this case. Um, for reasons we're not really clear on, because we don't really know much about the chief's interior life yet. Uh, one thing I thought was interesting is that what we're seeing is sort of like, what, what, what it first seems like is Taiko is going to kill herself to make her father suffer. Which is something I talked about previously, I think when we were talking about um, a different series about how in Japan, jumping in front of a train puts a financial burden on your family because they have to pay for the, uh, the time that, that the train schedule is, is messed up. Like, there's a cost to committing suicide that is then levied as a punishment against the family, or that's the way it was. And so, um, here we see her, like, wanting to punish her dad, just by putting that guilt on his plate, but instead she ends up punishing him in a completely different way, um, when he realizes how important she is again, and, like, he... I don't know if he feels sorry, but he definitely thinks that she's come back to him. At that very moment, she's like, who are you again? And... He's in living hell. That's how I feel. He's lost the house. Oh yeah,
1: it could not get worse for him.
0: And now his daughter is gone. Her body remains, but whatever was her daughter has kind of been wiped out. And he doesn't have any way to bring her back. So uh, he he kind of gets his comeuppance in this episode, which is nice because he's been quite a terrible person um probably the worst one we've seen in the series so far and uh yeah that's about it anyway don you have no more thoughts on this then uh i think it's time for you and me to go play some ghost of sushima honestly
1: that that seems like a good use of our time
0: Um, and yeah come Leave us a note, tell us how you think of the show, tell us what you want to see more of, what you want to see less of, what you thought of Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, the greatest film that was ever made in the history of mankind. Uh, So internally consistent with its logic and under (laughs) Listen, I don't want to play a devil's advocate. I just enjoyed it. I I enjoyed Batman versus Superman as well. I don't know why. I like it when DC films as opposed to Marvel films go out on these weird branches and just like decide to tell a story that's a little bit off kilter than sort of what you expect from a superhero movie. Um and it's weird cuz Marvel doesn't really tell a lot of you know they they're pretty adventurous too in what they do, but I feel like like DC takes weird risks that I think pay off in a lot of ways even if the movies that result from them messy and flawed yeah
1: so I'm not saying I didn't enjoy my time watching the movie all I'm saying is the movie was flawed
0: you started off by saying it was terrible that means you didn't enjoy your time
1: I very much appreciate logical consistency and this movie did not exhibit that very desirable (laughs) aspect I think
0: I pointed out that it does
1: (laughs) I think you failed. I think if you go back and listen to this podcast, you will at one point notice that you admitted. You're like, you're right, I didn't think about that. And then you tried to rally, but it was too late. You'd already admitted your failure, my friend.
0: Oh, no, but I, I deleted that part. Yeah,
1: I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. <laughs>
0: I edited that so it made me sound smarty smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how
1: it goes. Okashiku ikouyo! Okashiku ikouyo! Sorry, that's